0: Hello everyone, I am um, Claudio Morgan, the host of the Spiritually Inspired Podcast, and uh, today my guest is Susan Corso. Susan has had a life in which tragedy, addiction, loss, death, and marriage intertwine, providing her with permanent inspiration for her writings that pour out of her like a volcano's lava eager for the fresh air of the surface. For 40 years, she has consulted on spiritual matters for both large and small. As a metaphysician, a medical intuitive, and an expert on the human energy system, she often called upon to teach people how to regenerate themselves. She does that through the chakras. Susan is the author of the eight world books on the chakra system called Energy Integrity, The Max Mysteries, The Boats and Boats Romance, and The Subversive Lovely Series. Susan, thank you very much for for joining me today.
1: Thank you so much, Claudie, for inviting me.
0: So I would like to start by uh, asking you, uh, like, divulging us. How was the? What was the inflection point for you to step on the mystical path of uh, spirituality?
1: Oh, tragedy. De- de- absolutely, definitely tragedy. I was an intuitive as a child, and I. Uh, I did my level best to ignore it for a very long time. And I turned 30, I got married, got pregnant, and uh, and this is a little dramatic, be forewarned, um, and our son died the day he was born. And he was very, very sick. It was a grace and a, a blessing that he didn't stay. But, I had a whole lot of questions that I needed answers to and I, I, I sort of bypassed all of the religion and the um, things that I had been taught in church choir and what my family of origin said. And I went, as I, I'm so fond of saying, straight to headquarters and said, excuse me, but children are not supposed to die before their parents. What?" is going on. And then I started to meditate and to study and I fell over metaphysics and when I fell over metaphysics and, you know, people love to talk about advanced metaphysics, but there really is no such thing as advanced metaphysics. It's all kindergarten. Um, It's how do you practice it. And that's what I actually became interested in is not metaphysics as a, as a philosophy or a theory, but how do you apply it to your everyday life? How do you live this business of believing that what is around us has meaning? That's one of the basic tenets of metaphysics. Something happens and it has a meaning behind it. Can you figure out what that is and apply it to your own life? And, uh, so, that's what happened.
0: And being an, uh, an empath and uh, an intuitive, um, have you found out what exactly happened? It was a lesson for the soul who's supposed to come, and for you as, as a mother. What exactly generated that loss? That's a really good question.
1: Um, it took me a very long time to understand that our son, whose name, we named him Isaac, which in Hebrew means she laughed. Because I was determined that there would be joy from his life. So he came actually to touch into physical reality and I believe that children have souls and spirits of their own and they have their own agendas, unrelated to the fact that I was the vessel that he came through, if you will. I think he came to take a great deal of my husband's and my childhood pain, and he set us both on a path to actually doing our work in the world, which was not being householders, which was not being parents. But you grow up. The way I did and the thing that women in their 20s and early 30s did was get married and have a family and uh, it never occurred to me to think oh no I won't do that and the other thing it did was it absolutely set me on the path of the divine feminine so God the Father no offense I'm sure he's fine but he wasn't fine for me And I met the Blessed Mother through the death of my son, and she saved my life, basically. Um, (laughs) I was in meditation, and this woman showed up in my third eye and said, hi. And I said, hi. And she said, I'm Mary. And I said, hi, Mary. Didn't mean anything to me, right? I was a nice Jewish girl. Mary. Um, And... She said, Um, Jesus, Mom? And then she disappeared. And she checked on me every single day for nine months. And at the end of nine months, no mistake, a gestation period, mm-hmm. she said to me, do you want to know how I did it? And I knew immediately that she meant how she let go of her son, who died, uh, because I wasn't doing that very well at that point. And I said, yes, absolutely. And she said, I gave him away. And that day, I gave my Isaac back into divinity and started to heal.
0: Nice. And have you been able to communicate with that particular soul during that, those nine months or not?
1: no no um i have seen him occasionally sort of as a wisp um i tend my father was killed in a plane crash when i was a child uh i was five and i see him with my dad often in my dreams and um, i don't know why but clearly there is a spiritual connection between my dad and this child that needed to be. It's like they have some work to do wherever they are, and they just said, you know, you do your stuff and we'll do our stuff, okay? O- okay.
0: <laughs> so in other words, nine months was enough for you to go through that brief period and then heal by releasing his soul and understanding what uh, Mother Mary mentioned to you.
1: Mm-hmm. What the what the mm-hmm. purpose of his presence and absence was, right? I could have stayed very much in the realm of the physical, and not gone toward the metaphysical. But because I went toward the metaphysical, which very simply means beyond the physical, right? Um, I began to see that there was all kinds of significant, and now here's interesting, all right? Here's a funny little side story to this. My um, then husband and I were married on January 23rd, and he picked the date because he said, even I can remember one, two, three. And I laughed and thought, okay, cute, right? Fine, we got married on January 23rd. Isaac was born at 450, four or five on six, seven, eight, nine. Hmm. So now there's a finish to a whole cycle. And it was a cycle of expectation of what my life was going to be about. Because what happened then was I took my mothering instinct, which was natural. I had three younger brothers. Believe me, I knew about mothering and I turned it toward the people I served. So I am definitely a mother, but I'm not a parent. Yes. Right? But I take yes. care of the little ones inside anybody who comes to work with me because it's those little ones that are hurt, yes. which yes. I couldn't have done had I had one little one to focus on.
0: Yes, and I wanted to mention, in fact, that um... Um, period of your life gave you the feeling of being a mother, giving birth and understanding how it is to to go through the, the growing pains and you know the sickness and everything else which was I think important for your later life.
1: Yes and I I agree with you I, I very much was blessed by the physical experience of having a baby. It was one of the best physical experiences I'd ever had in my life. And the reason it was, was because I basically spent much of my early life beside myself, you know, sort of outside my own body. Because I was in a situation where there was alcoholism, there was death, there was craziness, there was my mom remarried three alcoholics in a row. You know, there was there was uh, uh, drama, shall we say, right? And I ended up very clear about what my purpose was and why, and what kind of mothering I did need to do and what kind of mothering I did not need to do. And one of the things I do is I talk to pregnant women, I I meet pregnant women all the time, strangely, and I tell them that birth is amazing. And they shouldn't be afraid. It's not a pathology. Women have been having babies in fields for thousands of years, darlings. You don't need a doctor, but you can have a doctor. You know, if it's complicated by all means, but. Don't be afraid because it's been medicalized because it was medicalized actually so that physicians could put midwives out of business and make more money. Uh, uh, Okay. I mean, that's how capitalism works. Like it, don't like it. That's just what it is. Right? Okay. But you don't have to say yes to the fear. So I tell pregnant women that having a, a, a baby was the best physical experience of my life. Because it was awesome. I was the experience. I was you can't be outside your body and be in labor, believe me. <laughs> it's not possible. And it's it's thrilling because I knew my body knew exactly what to do. She was very smart this body. Right, halfway through, my doctor said to me, Are you sure you've never had a baby before? I said, Not in this lifetime. Go away. Right, I was busy. <laughs> um, but it, it, that, that's a thrill then.
0: Yes, and we often hear the, um, the stories about uh, the surrogate mothers who, in the end, they want to keep the child. They experience so beautiful, so transforming, so transformative that they really want to, to keep that uh, bundle of joy and take care of uh, Kim or her and net, never let go. So, uh, yes.
1: And at the same time, though, there are surrogates who absolutely do that to bring joy to others. I have a couple of gay male friends who had a surrogate, have their ch- their three children. And she is just she's like the crazy auntie who. who who comes and is you know, has a like a fairy godmother thing going on. It's very cool, right? They didn't have a womb between them, these two guys, but they really wanted babies. Okay, I'm good with that.
0: Yeah, there is love and they offer love to the, the children. Yes.
1: Right. More love is always better. Yeah. Always.
0: See the you're an expert on the human energy system what type of work do you do exactly
1: hmm. I uh, I do a lot of counseling work and consulting work but the counseling work usually is to use the energy system the chakras L- L- club you let me go a little bit backward to go forward when a doctor goes to medical school she studies 11 body systems the skeletal system the circulatory system the respiratory system right but very few doctors ever ask the question what animates that system right what what makes a circulatory system circulate what makes a respiratory system respire it's a good question.
0: Where's yeah. that?
1: Well, what I, my answer to that is, there is a spark of life that animates the whole system. That spark of life, you could call it soul, you could call it spirit, you could call it divinity, you could call it God within, you could call it Henrietta if you want. But the truth is that there is a spark of life, and that, that spark of life, makes everything work right that spark of life is making your eyelashes grow right now and you have not thought one time about your eyelashes since we started talking it's also making bone marrow and red blood cells right and if you cut yourself shaving this morning it's making a scab right to fix things so that actually viewed through a prism is what we know as the chakra system That's why it's a rainbow from the bottom of the spine to the top of the head. So people tend to find me who are, at the end of their rope, they've gone to doctors, they've gone to therapists, they've gone to healers, they've gone, they've had Reiki, they've had massage, they've done all these things, but they're not getting to the core of what's causing whatever their problem is. And it doesn't matter what the problem is, you know. Let's say, um, well here's a good example. This happened to me this morning. I got an email from a client. She said, I've done the feng shui in my bedroom. It's beautiful. I'm really pleased, but I keep waking up between one and three AM. I said, oh, you're mad. She went, what? What what does 1 and 3 a.m. have to do with being mad? I said, well, in the Chinese hours, in the Chinese medicine hours, between 1 and 3 a.m. is liver. Well, she is in the middle of the end of a terrible relationship. And the one thing she hasn't really wanted to deal with all the way through the relationship is her anger. So what's happening? It's waking her up at one o'clock in the morning. She stays awake for two hours and she goes, falls right back to sleep at three. So I said to her, okay, let's work with your energy system. Let's do this. Wear a red t-shirt to bed. Get mad for five minutes every day. Get mad at him. Tell him everything you wish you'd, you'd said before he left. Tell them this, and this, and this, and this, and this, but only five minutes, set a timer, right? Because we don't want you to collapse the scaffolding of your psyche, bam. What we want is like a steam valve on a radiator to unravel the reactivity inside. So what I did was I told her to deal with her first chakra, her second chakra, and her third chakra, right, red, orange, yellow. Start with red, that's the basic survival issue. The next chakra orange is about passion, right? So I tend, you know, it's funny, in another part of my life I write mystery novels, as you said, right? It's it's like a puzzle for me. Oh, you have epilepsy? Well, I wonder why? Epilepsy's a symptom, not a problem. Okay. Why do you have epilepsy? What kind of epilepsy? Where are you having the seizures? What's triggering them? What's happening? So uh, another example, a woman, uh, a doctor called me one day and said, can you talk to this patient of mine? She has a pain in her stomach and she can't figure out why. Okay. And they've done everything. 8 million tests, specialists, blah, blah, blah. Well, okay. I took one look at her on Zoom. I do most of my work by Zoom, um, for which I'm very grateful. And the edges of her mouth were turned down like a Fu Manchu mustache, sorry to bang that. Um, and I said, why are you so sad? What What's going on? Well, it took us maybe 15 minutes to figure out that what was really going on was that her mother has dementia and it's getting worse and worse and worse and worse so what she's trying to do is grieve something that's living you can't do that right so I told her to go get red to go get yellow, orange, and green origami paper, and she cut out hearts and put them on the top of her computer monitor. In two days, the pain was gone.
0: Interesting. So
1: I'm I'm a detective. I, I I'm a chakra de- <laughs> detective, is what it is.
0: And the feeling detective as well.
1: Well, yes, and it. I tend to ask people very strange questions, like, you know, I'm waking up at one o'clock in the morning. Why are you so mad? Does it seem like the next sentence, right? But I know that that's liver time. Liver is what processes toxins. Toxins, if you can't process them, make you mad. Her anger is toxic to her at this point. She's been out of the relationship for six months and she really would like to be, you know, done. Couldn't I just be done with this? Well, yeah, you'll be done when you're done. (laughs) That's how human beings work. Right. And the truth is that in that particular case with the angry lady, she's really not angry at the man she was with. That's like this much of her anger. Her real anger is, why didn't I pay attention before this? And then, why did God let this happen? And the truth is that there's a two-year-old or a three-year-old inside her who is furious because her father was an alcoholic and was never, ever to be relied upon. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And that's what this man represented to her. So it's to look at what things represent and to ask questions and to figure out essentially, I'll tell you, um, Viktor Frankl, the psychiatrist uh, who was in the concentration camps, one of the, the things he said that touches me anytime I think of it is human beings can live without a lot of things, a lot. But we cannot live without meaning. I look for meaning where people don't see meaning. I look for connection where people don't see connection. And the coolest thing, Claudio, is this. Bodies, which is where chakras live, inside bodies, bodies don't lie. And they don't lie because they can't. So you have an infallible information system available to you if you will pay attention to it and not treat it like, you know, it's a car, right? Yes,
0: yeah. And we carry a lot of uh, trauma with us, um, you know, from childhood, adulthood, and we really don't know that that is happening. And even with with me last year, we moved several times and I had in my right shoulder, I couldn't move my arm, could barely lift my arm halfway. Uh And then I had four uh, months of uh, uh, reconnecting from, you know, work and stress and spend time on the beach and sun and everything else, and the pain disappeared. I came back to Canada and several months later, the, the same pain moved to the left shoulder now I uh, have you know, some flexibility but I the muscles and the the way I move my, my hand um restricts me. So I know there is something energetic for sure. I mean I, I'm aware of that. And I'm looking and trying to figure out what exactly triggered this pains pain, pain on, on the upper body, especially on the arms, switching from one to, to the other. So that's an exercise for me to you know, to, to look into.
1: Would you like to know what I would tell you if you came to me about it?
0: Of course.
1: So your arms are what you embrace the world with. And if you try to embrace too much, you, you hurt yourself or too little, and you, they cross, and you hurt yourself. The right side of the body is the masculine side of the body. So I would ask you, were you reaching out for some action, some doing, some dynamic, something that you weren't sure you really wanted to do? So you hobbled yourself. But then you relaxed, right? And then the feminine side of the body is the left side of the body. So then I say, oh, what nourishment do you need? What care, what self-care are you needing so that you don't feel burdened by whatever you have to deal with? So something is sitting on that left shoulder. What is that? And can you can you ask it to talk to you, right? See if, Oh well, that's the memory when my grandma died when I was 10 or you know whatever it is, right and, and and the anniversary is coming up and my it's hard for my heart right now. So on the left side that would be hard for your heart. okay, so then you cradle yourself and you take care of good, you take good care of yourself for a little bit and it will ease. The other thing then I would say is are you carrying the burden? some emotional burden that needs to be put down or changed form, right? Can you actually change the form of it? And I have seen people like with pain in particular, ask that the the, the form of the message be changed and suddenly start having crazy weird, like immense dreams. And then the pain's gone from their body because they're open to another form of communication
0: yeah that's very interesting yeah never thought of that thank
1: you <coughs> my yeah. sincere pleasure please <laughs> let me know what happens
0: thank you and that we are on the subject of um, chakras i mentioned during the introduction about the the workbooks how someone can can work with this uh, material
1: ah well first and foremost they're actual physical books which can only be gotten from amazon.com Um, And the reason they're physical books is because they actually are workbooks. They are meant for you to write in and do your homework. So essentially, your chakras are like folders in your subconscious. So... Let's talk about your heart chakra which is where your physical heart would be and chakras live on the inside of your spine most people think of them as you know sort of flat like tires or discs that sit against the spine they're not they're spheres they're three-dimensional and round and the color is modeled and the most important thing about chakras just like the most important thing about music isn't the notes it's not the chakras it's Are they talking to each other? Right? Oh, wait, let's figure out if my heart is closing or my heart is hurting, what do I need to say? What do I need? What do I need to feel empowered? Right? Look at the chakras on either side. Right? So how you work with the workbooks is this. They take you through a pathway of what you have from the past in each chakra that is unfinished, what you are working on in the present in each chakra, and what you can program for your future in each chakra. Essentially, this is a feedback system and this is the reason it's really not talked about in medical circles right that is free it's 100 percent free it requires your time your attention your focus and your care right you can do chakra work sitting on the subway you can do chakra work driving a car you can do chakra work grocery shopping right It costs, no one can see you doing it, right? But we're not taught to honor our own energetic, essentially integrity. That's why the books are called energy integrity because we don't have energy integrity, most of us. Mostly what we have is energy incontinence. We are leaky right and we connect to people that we don't need to connect to and don't mean to connect to right so something as silly as this right you see somebody you went to high school with on the metro and you say we should go to lunch and the person says yeah and neither of you really mean it I mean you sort of mean it. You have a nice conversation between stops, but you you weren't that connected then and you're not that connected now. But that leaves an energy leak because you've reached out and connected to that person. That's a part of you that you got to get back or else you do that with enough people in the course of a day. At the end of the day, you've got nothing left for you. Mm-hmm. And that's... Why learning that you are a wholeness, you are an integrity unto yourself. right? Like, I don't know if you have any pets, but I have a, I have a, a cat, a young cat, she's five. Her name's Smooch. And oh man, she is so self-contained and she is not interested in anybody else's energy. And if Smooch is not doesn't want to play with you, you can't find her. She's gone, right? She'll play at certain times of the day when it's good to play time for her. But then otherwise, nope, I'm done, right? She's really clear about her energetic choices. Watch a cat. Watch a toddler, right? Watch a toddler. No, I don't want to. Right? But we as grown ups override our own natural integrity because of social convention, because of how we're told we're supposed to behave, what, you know, whatever movie is running in your head, right? Wait a minute, how about some inside-out honesty, inside-out truth-telling, inside-out self-knowledge, right? Wow. Uh, I don't invite people over to my house unless I want them here. Now I'm 64 years old. It probably took me 50 years to learn that. That's the craziest thing ever. I knew how to do that when I was three. I don't want to, right? But we get, it gets civilized out of us, right? Certainly Claudia, you have walked into a room, and known that there have been people in there fighting yes.
0: mm.
1: and wanted to go Ugh, okay, I don't want to go in there. no thanking you, not interested. I don't want to play, right? That's an energy reaction. But we're not taught to talk about energy or to feel energy or to articulate about energy at all. So it sounds very, ephemeral and, um, you know, airy-fairy, and it's not. Man, energy is sort of net-net, bottom line. You know, it's like the difference between a rugby player and a ballerina. Energy is not ballerina. It's rugby. Hmm. And I like that about it because it's clear if you'll make a space for it. If you'll make a, huh, what's going on here? Why why do I not like that person? Why do I always want to wipe my hand off after I shake hands with them? What is that? Right? That's energy. And we're all surrounded by it all the time. I'll tell you, I finally started to get serious about this chakra work, although I've been studying chakras for almost 40 years, um, because... Somebody asked me when I turned 60, which in Chinese medicine means that you've had a whole life already and that you get to start over and have a new one. So I'm actually four. Hmm. Somebody asked me um, if I could give humanity a gift. All of humanity, no exceptions. Even the people I disagree with politically
0: especially those yes really
1: Um, what would that gift be and I thought god what a great question what a great question and finally I said the imagination to understand that energy is real that if you will listen to your own energy you will lead a happy life And when you don't listen to your own energy, when you dishonor your own integrity, you know what? It's like taking a pair of scissors to your own hand. Right, why you wouldn't do that? You wouldn't. But we, we override it constantly and it hurts us. And because it hurt, because I hurt me, then I hurt you. I don't want to hurt you. Yes. I don't want to be in that business at all. I, even if I disagree with you, especially as you said, you're exactly right. right? I don't have to like what you believe, but I have to honor that you do.
0: Yes, and my version of uh, as a gift, or a gift as what you, you mentioned is, I will give everyone the chance to sit through a, a plant um, a ceremony. That will open up to... Understanding of who they are, what they are and everything is energy in the end. So that's another uh, Way of awakening or being closer to to Yourself and to the God of your choice, you know
1: Exactly exactly what a great idea and to Waken You know the The Buddha had um, disciples who couldn't quite understand him and they would ask him what are you you know are you a god are you an avatar and the answer by uh, apocalyptic (laughs) uh, uh, history is no I am awake that's a goal for all of us And when you choose to be awake, then your sleep gets better, your health gets better, your finances get better, your marriages get better, your children get better, life gets better when you're actually taking care of yourself. We are well, there's no other word for it, Claudia. We are deplorable at taking care of ourselves, human beings. How we, we decided that self-neglect was the way to go, I don't know. But it, now it makes me think, what are you, crazy? Right? Your car wouldn't be going much longer if you if that was your policy with your car, right? But we don't. We don't sleep enough. We don't eat the right things. We don't do the right things. We don't meditate. We don't get quiet. We have to way too much input all the time. Noise, 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 noise. Oh my gosh. Like, oh no. Let's... I don't think that life is meant to be hard the way we make it hard for ourselves.
0: I, I really don't. I agree, but I'm of the opinion that this was done in purpose, just again <clears throat> to keep us busy, and not um, understand that we have to awaken ourselves and have a connection with uh, with divinity. Uh, and the the more I read and look around, the stronger I get uh, this opinion that this is what's going on, and it's okay. happening to the children as are You know, uh, kindergarten; they have to be, you know, excited, you know, or and get a type of excitement every single moment at school at the home and you know activities upon activities which some of them don't make any sense uh and they don't have that quiet time with themselves to think because the children can think children can have the um imaginary friend which most of the time is real for them not for us so the society evolved in such a way that uh, we are totally Um, dislocated and um, away from uh, who we really are and the energy beings we we are. Yeah.
1: Dislocated is a really good word because when you dislocate, say, a shoulder, right, it hurts. When we're dislocated, and many of us are, it hurts. And that's not, ultimately, that's not healthy. Yes. Right, we say we want to be healthy. We say we want to be wealthy. We say we want to be powerful I'll go right up the chakras. We say we want to be loved. We want to be creative. We want to be intuitive We want to be abundant. We want to be compassionate. We want to be all these things. Yeah, it's got to start at home Right at home yes. Really? So were you good to yourself today? That's what I want to know because if you were You paid attention to your chakras. You didn't force yourself to do things that, that's not to say that you don't keep your commitments. Of course you keep your commitments, don't be silly. Or, like grown-ups, you renegotiate them. You go, wow, it would be great to give a speech in front of 500,000 people today, but I have laryngitis, that's a problem. So you call the guy and you go, mm, not today, <laughs> right? You renegotiate, but we don't give our, we, uh, I think sometimes, honestly, that human beings are afraid that if we chill out, if we stop, if we relax, we're just never going to start again. Yes. I, I, don't, I don't, I don't think that's real. I think, not no. No, you are not meant to be the energizer bunny. You really aren't. The energizer bunny is tired.
0: <laughs> for a while, yes. And Susan, do you think there is any hope for the chakra system and the energy system to be part of the curriculum in the medical schools and, you know, be squeezed in out of the 12 years they have to go through this uh, um, cycle of learning Do you think that they will include this segment, important segment into the curriculum?
1: Eventually, yes, they'll have to. The more uh, science is testing the capabilities of human beings, most particularly intuitive capabilities, the more medicine Is having to understand that in as much as we would like reality to be objective it isn't reality is subjective health is subjective arguably let's say that you um, run marathons for fun you like running it's cool right What would make you capable of running marathons might make you completely healthy, right? But you put that regime on me, who couldn't run a marathon if you paid me money? (laughs) Uh, That wouldn't be healthy for me. But science, medicine, right? Medicine is an art. It's very interesting, you know the um, The caduceus the sign of the double snakes well of course that's actually a picture of dna it's a double helix and that's the actual structure of molecular structure of dna but in addition it is the path of energy in the chakras right medicine uses an image of the chakras and there is in hindu medicine A phenomenon called the Kundalini which makes that energy go up and down the spine yes so at this point do I think that medical schools are going to rush to include the energy system no but do I think this hmm I worked in a medical center that had 20 A little more than 20 doctors and they were basically functional medicine doctors which are doctors that believe that if your gut is healthy the rest of you is healthy and if your gut isn't the rest of you isn't and every single one of those doctors referred patients to me I was the head of spiritual and energy medicine there and who did they send me they sent me the ones they couldn't solve They sent me the ones when they ran out of tests and they had no answers and invariably there was an energetic, psychological, emotional, spiritual component that created the physical reality, right? To this day, I have doctors who refer patients to me because they get stuck. Now. I have been invited by the medical director of a medical facility to give a special masterclass on chakras um, about hmm, maybe a quarter, quarter of them thought it was garbage. But three quarters of them were like, whoa, this is amazing. We know what she's talking about. We know what she's talking about. We actually have this experience, but she has words for it. Mm -hmm. So I think what's happening is that the subjectivity piece of medicine, the art piece of medicine is finally coming enough to the fore that they're not going to be able to pretend that bodies are objective. If they were objective, you would look like every other guy on the planet. I would look like every other girl on the planet. I don't. Right? I'm red-haired, green-eyed, and female, and left-handed. All recessive genes, right? So there go the blondes and the brunettes. They're gone, right? We're not objects. Therefore, we can't be looked at objectively. Even though medicine likes to, you know, quantify things. Well, you should weigh between this and this, and you should be between this and this tall, and you should, you know, eat between this and this, and you should bop, bop, bop. Well, sure, those are the things you can measure. Well, just because they're the things you can measure don't mean that they're the most significant things. Right? They're just the measurable things. But we like to reduce us to that, right? It's like, you know, on a on a computer, zeros and ones, right? You are no more zeros and ones than I am. Or Santa Claus for that matter. Yeah. Right? So yes, I think it will have to become a part of the medical curriculum.
0: Yeah. I'm glad that you're you're positive about that. <laughs>
1: Well, it would be sad if I weren't, but yes, I, I think, I, I, I think there will be an old guard that will reject it for a long, long time, but younger doctors are, are open to this and they're saying, huh, this makes sense. That's crazy, but this makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Wow. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, we'll see. Time will tell. Um, Yes, it will. Susan, one of your books is uh, God's Dictionary. Why did you write this book?
1: (laughs) Because people who kept coming to see me kept using the same words over and over again. I'm so disappointed. I just want to have confidence. And. I kept thinking, why do people use the same words all the time? Well, here's an inter- confidence is a good example. Con is uh, the Latin word cum means with, and fidence is the is the uh, part of the word fidere, which means to be loyal, right? So when you are self confident, what's happening? You're being loyal. To yourself okay so now let's flip it when you're not confident are you being disloyal to yourself Mm -hmm. I bet you are I bet you are so one day a friend of mine came to see me and he said I need a vacation and I very tartly said and what we actually want is a life that doesn't require that we vacate it And he's a publisher. And he said to me, I would publish that book. I said, oh, I could probably write that book. He said, good, let's talk. Because that's what vacation is. You vacate your life. I never go on vacation. Ever. I love my life. I don't need to vacate my life. And (laughs) if I do, I can fall into a novel and be in the Gilded Age, if I want, for two days, or be, you know, part of a vampire band of brothers or whatever I feel like doing.
0: So if you want to take a break and go somewhere else um, to see new people, new landscapes, how do you call that period of your life?
1: Uh, a holiday, okay. seeking new holiness, uh, a holiday actually is a, an abbreviation for holy day right ah I am in need of inspiration let me go to the mountain and walk or let me go to the trees like you have a beautiful mountain and trees behind you at the moment right and see trees um, trees have always been a very healing energy for me um, and uh, actually this kind of takes us back to the beginning um, Of this uh, conversation Um, when I was pregnant I knew something was terribly wrong but I didn't know what was wrong and I was getting no guidance at all no intuition at all and we were in the um, John Muir forest in Northern California and I wrapped myself around this redwood tree this huge redwood tree and I said I said mother tree you have to help me I don't know what I'm doing wrong, but I know something's wrong. And sure enough, two months later, all hell broke loose uh, and I was, the baby was very sick and I was diagnosed with all kinds of problems and all this stuff because of it. So, um, yeah, it, you need to go to the trees, you go to the trees. You need water, you go to the waterfall. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I don't think that's a vacation. I think that's renewal. I think that's restoration. I think that's healing. I think anything outside your routine is something that stretches your beliefs and your ideas and makes you think. That's how the brain grows. we need that we absolutely need different than what we do every day that's been one of the hard things about covid actually is everybody's doing the same thing all the time because we can't do the uh, outside the ordinary things right so there's there's had to be a lot of mental travel which is why people are reading lots of books
0: Susan, um oftentimes you mention about um that's a subject we all struggle with and that's uh, our life purpose and in my opinion this is also tied to to being authentic what is your approach to, to this subject
1: i think life purpose is kept in the sixth chakra which is the brow chakra right here the third eye sometimes called its color is indigo And the gift of it is intuition. And I don't think that life purpose is a job title, right? People love to say, oh, well, I'm gonna be, you know, a parachuter, I'm gonna be a ballerina, I'm gonna be a fire chief, and that's my life purpose. Well, it might be, but more usually, your life purpose is something that helps you expand and grow and heal and turn more into yourself so when people are quote unquote looking for their life purpose i tell them stop looking outside you the answer to that is inside you and i don't care who tells you otherwise there's a wonderful story told about a guy who um who comes from a family of doctors. Like the grandpa is a doctor and the dad is a doctor and all the older brothers are doctors and so he's the youngest and he wants to be a sculptor. And his family won't have it. They're like, yeah, no, wrong. You're going to medical school. You are not wrecking our record. So this young man goes to medical school and he becomes one of the top plastic surgeons in the country. What does a plastic
0: surgeon do? Sculpting in flesh.
1: Exactly. And the day his father died, the next day he went to work, he closed his practice, he opened his own sculpture studio and he made Five times the amount of money with his sculptures as he did as a plastic surgeon. Wow. Because he knew that that was the thing that was going to stretch him the most. Mm -hmm. Right? Make him the biggest version of himself. I think that's what life purpose is is you becoming the biggest version of yourself that's possible in a reality that's based on polarity, right? It's, it's contrast here on the planet that makes us grow. Because we see something and we don't like it, we go, oh, well, let's make a new choice and have something different. And so the thing about life purposes, experiment. It doesn't have to be your job in fact, it's pretty rare that it's your job.
0: Yeah, indeed. Susan, thank you very much. We are approaching the end of the, the interview. Any final thoughts?
1: Um, I would like to invite your listeners to download a free, and know you don't have to leave your email address, document called the Less More's which are the practices on how to work with each chakra. So just I'll give you the example of the first one, which is you complain less and you thank more. So these are everyday practices, things that you can put into place immediately if you're working with particular chakras. And I have beautiful versions of them. They're digital, they're downloadable, and you would have to go to chakras.susancorso.com. chakras is plural yeah and if you are interested in more information about the chakra system you can go to my website which is i the letter i ampersand.org or any of my writing which is uh, fiction writing which is susancorso.com and i it has been a sheer joy to talk to you Claudio. let's do it again
0: Thank you very much, uh, Susan. It's been a pleasure as well, thank you. And uh, for my viewers, thank you for watching, Uh, share it, like it, Uh, get a free copy of my book when you visit my uh, website. And until next time, love and gratitude.